Hey, Pam. Hey, how's it going? Good. 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 It's, uh, it's the time of year that I, that I always look forward to. My birthday? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's because we April. always want to celebrate it five months early. Exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, no, not, no, no, no. This is the second most important uh, thing of the year that I look forward to, where we talk about the end of the year and wrap things up and reminisce about uh, the good stuff we've seen. And I like doing this because I'm hoping that if anyone maybe missed what we were seeing over the year, they'll go back and check out some things that we really liked because um, that's the whole point of this. And we live in an era in which uh, people have access to movies in ways that uh, they never have before. There's nothing you can't really find uh, anymore. Right. And that's a double-edged sword. Very good. And, you know, you talk about having people see the things that, you know, they may have missed us reviewing or talking about earlier in the year. Well, some of the things I forgot I had reviewed earlier in the year and how much I liked them. So I did go back for a second screening on some of these things, and they may not have made my top list if I wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. So I'm well, glad that I did. And and some of the things came from us exchanging thoughts yeah. and lists as to what was our favorites and why. Yeah, you know, 52 years do, or 52 weeks doesn't seem like long, but I, I think that you and I get so busy. Yeah. And we see so many movies. Right. That, you know, it becomes a blur at times. So it's always good to go back and, and check things out because especially, you know, it's not just movies in theaters anymore. Right. You know, we're all over the place with, you know, Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and uh, just so many different sources that we have to remember to check out and say, oh, yeah, I remember that one. That that one really moved me. And, yeah, it is good to be able to go back and confirm whether you feel the same way or not by watching it again. Yeah. And and some of these movies I missed so much. It's like, where was I during this scene? I don't remember it. Mm -hmm. And I should have. So um, I think that, you know, at this time of year, we're able to take a breath. And actually look at things a little bit more carefully because during the year we're just like rushed nonstop. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I wish, you know, when writing my reviews, and you've you've mentioned this too, I wish that I could watch a movie twice. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, before I write, uh, we, we are always, we are often in a rush as far as that's concerned yeah. too. Because as you pointed out, you know, you catch things the second time you didn't. Yeah. And, and... I think you watch things in a different way the second and third time through as well. Oh, so For sure, definitely. Yeah. I, I've seen my number 10 four or five time, times now, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And again, yeah. still getting more and more out of it every time I watch it. And then watching it with other people. Like I said, my daughter came home, and so we were watching it, and she saw it in her own fresh lens. And what is your number 10, then? My number 10 is Glass Onion. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Here's another thing. We saw this out in L.A., uh-huh. and we were both exhausted. Yes, we were. And we said, okay, it was really good, it was really fun, but it wasn't as good as the first one. Now I'm thinking, it was as good as the first one. It was different than the first one, but I really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Um, there, I think, are maybe a couple flaws with it compared to the first one, A Knives Out Mystery, Knives Out Mystery. Um, but I, I so thoroughly enjoyed this whole setup and what they did during COVID to create uh-huh. this this very smart, fun, and entertaining mystery, murder mystery. Um, it takes place in Greece as uh, uh, Benoit Blanc, played by <laughs> Daniel Craig. What a hoot is he's in the bathtub playing Clue with his online friends and family. Um, Angela Lansbury is one of them. Mm-hmm. Who else is in that little screen? Do you remember? Natasha. Uh, Stephen, Stephen Sondheim. Okay. Uh, Natasha, Natasha. Leon. <laughs> and uh, there was another... 
uh, detective type person there too. They all are detectives in one guise or another, either having written a mystery or or starring in a reboot of some or of some sort. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and he's uh, Benoit is talking about just he just doesn't understand this game. It's just child's play. It's too simplistic, and he really wants like a real good mystery. Well, um, we've got Miles Braun played by my favorite Edward Norton. <laughs> I do say that with a little bit of. <sighs> seething cynicism. Animosity, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who uh, has invited all of his good buddies from the back in the day when they didn't have anything to his private island in Greece to solve a murder mystery that he has set up. Um, the invitation comes in this elaborate box with puzzles to be solved. And our cast of characters are Kate Hudson, who plays Birdie, um, Dave Batista, who plays Duke, Janelle Monet, who plays Andy, Catherine Hahn is Claire, and Leslie Odom Jr. is Lionel. We also have Madeline Klein, who I finally figured out how I knew her. How? Outer Banks Netflix series. Okay. Um, cute girl, really sweet. And she plays Duke's girlfriend. Odd couple, and we find out later in the film as to why they are such an odd couple. Mm-hmm. This is written and directed by Ryan Johnson once again. And um, Mr. Ben- Mr. Benoit Blanc ends up um, being at this island um, uninvited, but he says he got an invitation. We're not quite uh-huh, sure uh-huh. how that could possibly be. We also learn that Andy, Janelle Monet's character, is a little standoffish, and there has been something done to her. She's been wronged in some way by this group of people. Bad blood. Bad blood. What has happened, we do not know for quite some time, but the pieces start to fall together as the murder mystery kind of spirals out of control. <laughs> um, this is smart. We've got so many different types of characters. Um, Kate Hudson's character, Birdie, is this flighty, ditzy, ridiculous, um, rule-breaking woman who has hit it big thanks to Miles Braun. Mm-hmm. And we've got um, Duke, who has also hit it big thanks to Miles Braun. And Catherine Hahn plays this uptight mom who is the governor of, I don't know what state, Washington, Oregon, something like that, who has hit it big because of Miles Braun. We see the common denominator here. And there's also another nefarious type of thing going on that we don't quite know about that also ties them all together. Um, there is a murder that takes place, and uh, Mr. Le- Mr. Blanc needs to find out who done it. And this journey that they go through is absolutely hilarious. I had a lot of fun with it. It's just nonstop fun. I didn't laugh as much with this one as I did with the first one, but mm-hmm. I did have a lot of fun with this. Well, I've seen it twice, and it was better the second time. As you say, we were exhausted the first time we saw it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I still don't think it's as good as the first one. I, I think the characters in the first one were more appealing. Okay. And, and I think that's the difference for me. But still, this is a... An incredibly entertaining film. I mean, no question about it. Uh, and you know, it's funny that when you, even though you know who done it, yeah, you still go back and watch it, and you can still be entertained. I mean, yeah. that says something. Yep, definitely. That certainly says something. And uh, you know, Netflix. I mean, talk about in for a penny, in for a pound. Uh, they paid Ryan Johnson four hundred and sixty-five million for two movies. Oh, I thought it was six hundred and sixty. No, I don't think no? so. I don't know. Four, okay, more than, more than I have. 466, you know, <laughs> at this point, who cares? Who's counting? True, true. A ton. They paid a ton of money <laughs> for two films, and this is the first one. I don't know when the next one will be coming. Hopefully uh, in a couple of years. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they are 
firmly invested in Benoit Blanc, and I certainly hope we get to find out more about him. Uh, because I don't think we're going to remember in the Q&A. I Q don't like that. He said, you know, you don't, you don't want to know too much. They did give a, a couple little tidbits away so, of who he is at home. Right, which some is good kind cameos throughout the film yes. as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I like that or not. It seems to be cheating. Okay. Give, give me some background. Give me some more. You know, let's see how this goes. I hope we get you know more over the next movie or two because you know, he's just too unique of a character not to get a backstory. Okay. All right. I I'll I'll give you that. We'll see what he comes up with. So, yeah. I liked all the um, malpropisms that they had throughout the entire. Embreathiate. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> After we all embreathiate, let's get started. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> 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 a, lot of, a lot of nice little pull quotes yeah, from this film. Yeah, yeah, big time. So big it was time. your number 10. Well, I don't want to say too much about my number 10 uh, my... because it's your number one. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, maybe we should we should put that off because I know you're going to want to say a lot about it. No, but... go, go for it. I, wanna, I, I know that I saw it through a different lens than you did, so let's well, hear what you have to say about it. Um, well, I, I can do that when we talk. No, 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 this is your number 10. Go ahead, go ahead. You can do it. <laughs> um, uh, my number 10 is A Good Nurse, uh, another Netflix production. Uh, and a movie that, and you and I have talked about this, and can't quite figure out why they haven't gotten behind this one a little bit more. Because yeah. I think it's one of, well, obviously we both think it's one of the best things we've seen this year. Right. Uh, true story, unbelievable true story. Uh, about a guy named Charlie Cullen, played by Eddie Redmayne. Absolutely chilling performance. Guy who is a serial killer, going from hospital to hospital, working as a nurse, stealthily killing patients that come under his care. Uh, and he's allowed to do this uh, because the hospitals where he works does not want do not want to have any sort of liability. They do not want any sort of publicity. They just calmly and quietly let him go, and they don't pass on the word that maybe this is a guy you don't want to hire if he shows up on your doorstep. And he's allowed, he was allowed to continue this over, I don't know how many years, 12, 15 yeah, years? I mean, yeah. they think that he killed more people than any other serial killer ever. Yeah. They, they still don't have a number as to how many he might have been responsible for. Uh, but he, he finally gets to this one um, hospital where he makes friends with a name, woman by the name of Amy uh, Longbaum, played by Jessica Chastain. Uh, she's got some problems. She's a single mom trying to keep it together. She's suffering from a heart ailment. Uh, she doesn't want anyone to know because she doesn't want to get fired. She can't get her health insurance. It doesn't kick in for another couple of months until she's been employed there for a year. Another crime. Right. Uh, so she's got to keep this under wraps. Cullen helps her and a friendship forms. And and that's really what the film to me is about. It's, you know, they could have... We talked to the uh, director, uh, Tobias. Right. Um, and, and, you know... Many other filmmakers would have just gone the route of we're going to just treat this as a procedural and just see how this all happened and right. how they caught him. And they do touch on that, which is fascinating. But it's, I, I think it's just more about this friendship. It is. And, and, and the bond they have and how she, you know, has to take action once she realizes what's going on. I mean, it's, you know, talk about heroism. You know, the film gets into the things that this woman had to do. Uh, and, and deal with also disbelieving uh, authority figures who who like, yeah, we can't really prove this. you got to leave this alone. I mean, right. incredibly moving. And, you know, these two together, Jesus. I mean, really? <coughs> um, they're one of our, they're, they're both, you know, they're two of our bests right now. And seeing them interact 
uh, was just a delight, an absolute delight. I, I, I hope that somehow or another uh, they make another couple movies together because they've got that, that chemistry uh, that, that's just absolutely captivating. Right. You know, I think one of the reasons why <coughs> this made my number one is it was so unique in the way that uh, Tobias Lindholm told the story because it wasn't just a true crime thriller. It was a story of friendship between these two people and um, Jessica Chastain's character of Amy said she really only saw the killer, Charlie, twice in the time that she knew him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Charlie was, in, in, as you said, Eddie Redmayne. He is just incredible with giving us this sweet performance of a real person, a real man who's who's married, who has children, who he can't see, who's got, you know, his he's really trying to keep it together during these difficult times, who actually is, you know, killing people almost every day. And to find that balance and to really connect himself with that character, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I I just thought it was it was perfect storytelling. It was something that was gripping that was real life that could have been sensationalized and it wasn't it was told in a a grounded way grounded that's good i was gonna say you don't want to say matter of fact but grounded yeah is, yeah that's perfect that's a perfect way of putting it so that one it's been hard to shake yeah that one's <laughs> been really hard to shake i mean we know there are monsters among us but yeah seeing it that way and the way he can he compartmentalizes things to function as you're talking about right just that is terrifying. Yeah. Did you ever do any research about him, Charlie Cullen? I didn't have to because when we were interviewing them, you know, Mr. Redmayne went into that whole right. history of what he found out about this guy and the tragic background that he had. Right. Uh, so I figured I've, he, he pretty well covered it. But yeah, what, what a story. I, there's one question that I have. Was he really married and did he really have children? I don't know. I don't think he did. You think that was all part of yeah. his, his front? Yeah. In order Very well to could be. I don't know. I, I'm curious. And um, I'll go ahead and hook up our, or link up our interview with Jessica and Eddie so that you can take a listen to that as well. Yeah, it was one of our better ones this yeah, year. Yeah, it really was. They were very much involved in this as they should have been, and uh, they wanted to talk, and yep. that always makes it easy. So we're on to my number nine, which I don't know if my your mine made your top list or not. Not okay. Yes, it did. Ah, good deal. See, we're a little bit more on the same page than I you thought. I think we've got four <clears> that <throat> are on both of our lists. Okay. Yeah, that's my number eight. So, okay. Yeah, let's just cover this one. Then. Um. So not okay is about um a young woman who is like every other millennial out there and trying to work and trying to figure out how she can rise above everybody else by being on social media. Mm-hmm. Um. She's not doing. So well in her job she works for some sort of a, a, a magazine company and her name is danny and that and she, played by zoe deutsch who we both adore love her um and danny says that she has been accepted to a writer's conference in france well she hasn't she's lying so she takes some time off and she buys all these elaborate backdrops to make her look as if she is actually in france until she wakes up one morning her phone is blowing up and there has been a huge bombing that has taken place in france in paris well everyone thinks that she's there so now she has to start lying even more one lie begets another begets another until she finds that she has dug herself a hole she cannot get out of um her lies have dire consequences which she couldn't have predicted until it is way too late um 
this is this her her want for notoriety, her mm. want for fame mm. supersedes every other aspect of life possible for her. Um, she learns a very, very important les- lesson, and we travel along with her to see this, and we can pinpoint so many other people, I think, that have fallen prey to the need to be on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's a movie I think everybody can relate to. Well, yeah, and, and it's it's such a smart <clears throat> film because it also deals with um, school shootings. You know, it also ge- deals with the gun violence because... Uh, Danny meets a young woman named Rowan, played by Mia Isaac. She was in right. a film that you loved as yes. well, uh, Driving with Her Dad. Yes. That one. Uh, and she's survived a school shooting, <clears throat> and she's a, a social media influencer presence, and they, um, you know, cross paths. Danny wants to be her friend, wants to help, you know, promote her. And, of course, when Rowan finds out what happened, I mean, everything hits the fan. And... Uh, just seeing a true victim, you know, them portraying this and the effect that this young girl had, has on this young girl, I thought, thought was incredibly touching. Incredibly touching. But also how social media comes back and bites her in the ass as right, well. Right. You know, people who are, against, who, who are for or against gun control are, uh, you know, attack her. And yet this girl has such resiliency and strength. And that's what I took away from, especially the final scene. Uh, she's at a poetry reading, and Danny sneaks in and <clears throat> hears her speak. And it's like, my God. And, and that devastates Danny even further because she realizes what a fraud right. she is in the face of this this young girl, this brave young girl. Uh, you know, it's, this, it's not a happy ending. It's not, and that's one of the reasons I loved it. Yeah. It, it wasn't, oh, yeah, we're going to tie everything up with a bow, and it, you know, it's okay. Right. Um, the filmmaker... Uh, a, a woman by the name of Quinn Shepard. Mm-hmm. She also wrote it. Right. Um, I liked that. She's not offering up simple. You know, she's calling this whole thing out for right. what it is. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm old. Maybe I just don't get it. But I swear, this is all doing more harm than good. I mean, I don't see much good coming out of this whole social media thing. Right. And as we go on, we're seeing more and more of that. And I love that they put that under the microscope in this film. Right. I wish more people had seen this. Uh, and I'm hoping people will check it out. It's on Hulu. Right. But it's just so timely. I found it so powerful. I watched it twice in, in a night. Oh, did you really? As soon as it was done, I started it again because wow. I wanted to make sure that I it, okay. it hit me the same way, and it did. Uh, but, yeah, I really, really like that one. And like I said, I think that was on that was number eight on my list. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, there we go. More close with that. So, what was your number nine? My number nine, I think, is your number eight. Oh. Or number seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, the menu. Okay. Okay. The menu. Gosh, was this fun. Wasn't it? It was. And what does it say about us that we think this is fun? We're pretty sick. Uh, yeah. My <laughs> husband got up and walked out. He didn't oh, watch Oh, you're it. kidding. No, no. I haven't even bothered trying to show it with my wife. No? Yeah, I know what her okay. reaction will be. So I, I'm not even bothering with that. Even Kristen thought I was a little sick for liking it. She goes, but I liked it. I liked it. The more I well, think about I, it. I think you and I were talking afterwards, and I think we both had the same experiences of being the only ones laughing in our respective theaters. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, because I found this to be not only incredibly biting, but hilarious. It was. Uh, Ironically so. You know, and and this is another one, like Not Okay, that talks about, you know, issues, societal issues that we're dealing with and grappling with. And this, of course, is, you know, the pretentiousness of the 1%, the pretentiousness of, uh, of, you know, uh, uh, in this case, food. Right. 
food. And Rafe finds, gosh, what a great job he does. It's not just a one-note performance, though it seems like it. No. Uh, he, he's Chef uh, Slowick. Right. And he's got this uh, restaurant out on an island. And if you got 1250 bucks laying around, you can have dinner there. Well, there's 12 saps who have that, and they all convene for dinner one fateful evening. 12 saps? With plus ones. With plus, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and they're all there to, to, to just, you know, revel in this, the, 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 this meal uh, in which every dish is a, is a piece of art. Every dish has a story about it, which the chef will tell. And as the evening progresses, we realize that these stories are becoming more personal. As he tells them, and he's got an axe to grind with every single one of these people at this dinner, <laughs> and this it's it's yeah. a reckoning. It's it's no mistake they were invited. Yes, it is a reckoning. He is going to. I like that. It's a reckoning. Reckon right. with all these people and the insults and damage they've done to him, or that he perceives has been done. Right. And uh, doesn't end well. But Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy, though, she's not supposed to be there. She's an escort who has been brought by Nicholas Holt at the last minute. Nicholas Holt. Frickin' hilarious. Right? Frickin' hilarious, this kid. Somebody dies right in front of, in front of him, and he's like, oh, I really like the, the <laughs> syrupy texture of this. Yes, and he, I'm like, oh, my God, are you still paying attention to the food? Yeah, he <laughs> is so enamored with the chef and the food and taking pictures of it. He is a major sick and, of him. <laughs> and, and then uh, one of the highlights of the film is when the chef makes him cook. Ah, oh, <laughs> yes, chef. that's great. Yes, chef. <laughs> yes, yes, chef. But uh, Margot, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, she sees through the chef. She eventually figures out what's going on. And one of the things I liked about the screenplay was how it showed that these two have something very much in common with their past that binds them. Right. And I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And that just shifted everything for me as I was watching. Like, ah, ha, ha. Now I see what you're doing here, yeah. and and they and they they've um, you know they didn't let that thread go. They were smart enough to to develop that all the way through. Oh, it is that stitches the whole thing together completely. Yeah, completely. Uh, John Leguizamo, who we love, yeah, he shows up as a has been uh, movie star. You know who he based that on? I read who? an article. <laughs> he likes almost everyone. He says, uh-huh. except Steven Steven Seagal. He had a bad experience with Steven Seagal. They made a movie together. He calls him a deplorable human being. Really? Yes. He has a whole stand-up routine about Steven Seagal. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And he based this character, this has-been name-dropping movie star on Seagal. Oh, how funny. So oh, next time it. you watch it, think of that. Because <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, this one's not for all tastes. But yeah. I loved it. I did, too. I did, too. And that's how I made my list this year. I didn't make it based on what everybody else is saying about every other movie i made it based on what did i love this is my list right and you know and people have asked me in the past how do you determine the top couple it, to me it's got to be an emotional emotional response from me somehow right. right i mean i can admire the art of of many films but if i'm not moved or angered in some way by it then you know right. it, it ultimately it doesn't mean anything i agree i agree so um, your next one your number, what, eight? My number This eight. one I really liked as well, but it didn't quite crack my top ten, but this one stuck with me. 
Uh, this one is Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, another movie that you can find on Hulu. And it stars uh, Emma Thompson as a retired t uh, school teacher named Nancy Stokes. She also is a recent widow, um, probably about, what, three years, I guess it's been? I think that's what she said, yeah. And she decides that, man, she's lived a very uptight life um, her entire life. She's raised kids. She's really never had an orgasm. And so she hires a sex worker because she wants to adventure and sex in her life why not and this oh man this sex worker <laughs> yeah young actor that you and i had not seen before and i was uh very much impressed with this young man uh he of course plays leo grand daryl mccormick and man he's good at what he does <laughs> he's got it together this guy he's, he does for a young guy young handsome guy he has it together uh he he can do everything but what this really comes down to is when the these two people meet on a regular basis, it's a therapy session. Yeah. It is not just sex. It is delving into Nancy's background. What does she feel about her marriage? What does she feel about her children? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Have they disappointed her? What regrets in life does she have? And how is she going to change her pattern? It's kind of like a coming-of-age movie for a 50-something-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, this is a really bold and poignant movie to me because I don't I don't I can't think of any other movie that's like it out there no. that dares to go down into a female's psyche of a 50 something year old woman and of a woman who isn't happy with what's happened in her life maybe doesn't regret everything but would like some changes and how do you make that happen Emma Thompson is extraordinary in the in the final scene I wouldn't have had the chutzpah to do that. I read that they rehearsed yes. nude. With the director. The director yeah. was she also was naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to get everyone comfortable and used yeah, to it. Like, hey, that, this is what it is. That was really gutsy on her part. It really was. And and beautiful. Completely. You know? Completely. Yeah. I loved it. I'm getting choked up just yeah. thinking no, about you it. No, you, you have to embrace who you are. And, and, you know, like you say, the clock's ticking for this woman. Yeah. And, and you, you've got to, you know, live your life. Yeah. And, and, and she, she doesn't have any regrets. No, and, and I, I, I'm going to guess that this was filmed during COVID as well. It could have been easily been a play because it's basically Completely. just these two people with the exception of one final scene where we meet one other character. Which was not necessary. It was fun, but it was, wasn't necessary. I, I think it was a way for her to say where she's where she's was and, and how far she's come. Okay. You know, yeah. from an outside perspective. Yeah, yeah this, one, this is another one. Again, I hope that you seek this out. Yeah. It sounds, oh, well, this couldn't be my cup of tea, but it's just about, you know, yeah, like you say, it, it's, you know, I remember watching a show about, you know, men who go to prostitutes, and the prostitutes or the sex workers say, you know, it's not about the sex. You know, they just want to talk most of the time yeah. after it's, you know, yeah. you know, and, and, and there's something to be said about that. Yeah. You know, intimacy is, isn't just about, you know, sex right it, it's something much more yeah definitely yeah, so yeah yeah i really like this one too good 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 man we haven't disagreed on anything yeah. crazy what's yours oh, number eight well number eight we've already talked about not okay okay so we're gonna jump up to my number seven all right number seven causeway okay uh, a movie that requires patience uh but i think that for me at least it, it paid off in great dividends. Uh, I can't I can't remember this year a more quiet film. Right. A very quiet, a very subtle, a very deft film. Uh, the director Lila Nugenbauer. We we interviewed, we interviewed her. her. What yeah. a what a smart 
gracious woman. An- uh, another favorite interview of ours from this year. She was great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she. There was. There's so many ways that this material has been done before. Jennifer Lawrence plays a woman named Lindsay. Uh, she's a veteran of the Afghan conflict. She has suffered a traumatic brain industry, uh, injury, and she's come back home to Louisiana to try and get her life together. Uh, rehab, uh, agonizing rehab. A good day is when she can tie her shoe. A good day is when she re- can remember three out of the six things on her list of things to do. And that really moved me, that they showed these little things, these little victories that she has yeah. that are done in the quiet of her lonely room or, 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 or unbeknownst to everyone else. You know, people just going about their day and she's struggling to just do these things we keep, we take for granted. Right. Uh, and, and these actions, when they happen, they're not overplayed. No. We don't have, you know, uh, violins playing in the background to tell us how we feel. Uh, her, the director and Lawrence, they just do them very subtly and underscore that in a very, very deft way, how important these things are. Um, and the tragedy of this whole thing is that Lindsay wants to get better so she can reenlist. It's what she knows. It's what she knows. She's so it's, displaced at this point. You know, home isn't home. Right. Where is home? And we see that, and we hear about that about so many veterans. Yeah. And and that's the tragedy. She wants to go back. Yeah. And and her doctor, of course, is, you know, against this. Right. But has to, you know, help her along the way. Um, she meets another man. She meets another guy who has some problems, played by... Uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry. I had some problems with this character. I think we've discussed that. It seemed a little bit too convenient that they would run into each other, and and their scenes together didn't quite work for me. Okay. But the overall intent of this film, and Miss Lawrence, I'm not a fan of hers personally. Really? You know, okay. uh, I've read some things, had a couple run-ins with her. Oh, really? But damn, is she good. Yeah. It's all in her eyes. Yeah. Watch her eyes when you watch this movie. She will break your heart with a glance. And uh, I, I, this one really ended up getting to me. This one is on uh, Apple, Apple TV, and really, really check it out. I the first time I watched it, I wasn't as much of a fan until the second time, and after the interview yeah. with um, the director, and seeing it through a different lens, I think I, I was able to. I, I don't want to say I was I wasn't able to see the struggle. The quietness bothered me, I think, mm-hmm. but that is the reality of, of situations like this. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is extraordinary in this role, and I think one of the things that the uh, writer and director as well as Lawrence were able to really hone in on is Jennifer Lawrence is this character of Lindsay. She looks normal. Yep. She looks regular. Yep. But things are off because of her traumatic mm-hmm. brain injury. And do you know how many people we interact with Every day in a store, we get irritated because, you know, somebody didn't pull over or somebody, yeah. you know, took yeah. too long at the cashier and it's holding me up from getting home to watch another movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah you know, maybe realize. they've got some issues, but because they don't look different on the outside, we don't take the time to have any mm-hmm. 
compassion. Yeah, that empathy. And and that I think is what I took away, especially both characters. And I liked Brian Tyree Henry in this mm-hmm. role. Um, I usually see him as a comedic actor who is uh, kind of the same note all the way through, and I feel like he was able to bring us something different. He did a good job. I just had a problem with the character in the script. Gotcha. It just seemed, like I say, a bit too convenient. Okay. But you're right. I think that's the whole point of this film, our having empathy for that, because we have no idea what these people are dealing with. Right. And I think also, I mean... We all have different things that happen in our lives. Nobody knows what's going on in my life exactly. really behind closed doors or yours. Mm-hmm. So we're we've got a smile on our face. What do we say when you know? How you doing today? I'm do- I'm good. Are you? You know. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought because that's going to be a key issue uh, when we get to my number four film. Okay. In the next podcast. But cool. Yes. Yeah. All right. So where are we? Let's I, see. I think we're on. We've... Let's see. Ten, nine, eight. Seven. I'm on my sixth now. You're on your sixth, which happens to be my number two. Wow, look at that. Emily the Criminal. This is a movie that I really enjoyed the first time around. Mm-hmm. And then I saw it on, I forget, where is it playing? Is that on Hulu? Uh, it's on Netflix, actually. Netflix. Yeah. Oh, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I'm scrolling through. I'm like, oh, Emily the Criminal. I really liked that. Let me watch that one again. And then I'm watching it the second time. I'm like, this is really good. This isn't just mm-hmm. like, I really liked it. I really loved this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily the Criminal. Emily is played by Aubrey Plaza, and she is playing a caterer um, who helps stuff boxes, basically. Yeah. She's got a really low-level, fa- mm-hmm. almost factory-like job, getting paid crap wages. She is up to her ears in debt with student debt. She can't get a decent job. She wants to be a graphic designer or artist of some sort. She's very talented, but because she's got a criminal record, she can't get a job to save her life. She also has a little bit of a temper, I've got to say. Um, Understandable. <laughs> we we watch her as she tries to, as her friends try and help boost her up and give her opportunities that get blown, and she finds herself in a situation where she can make some money and maybe actually get out of some debt and not feel like she's constantly drowning and that is to do credit card fraud. Mm-hmm. She moves up the ladder as she gets involved with one of the guys in this this almost like a mafia family. It's, it's definitely an organization. It is yeah. an organization mm-hmm. and probably not a certified LLC. Um, and Yusuf is his name, played by Theo Ross. Love that guy. He's good. He's good. And they had a great chemistry yeah. together, too. Um, they connect on ways that the um, Yusuf's siblings don't really want him to connect with her because they feel that she is a liability because she makes some mistakes. Um, this is all about, again, we, I think we're really drawn to these class differences. Well, it's in the and air. And these struggles that everybody is dealing with now. So the, the reality of situations is, is mirrored in art. I just wrote an article for one of the newspapers I write for, for my top ten. And the thing I noticed to mention in the article is that every character in my top ten is desperate in some way or another. Interesting. In a corner somehow. And has to act. Yeah. And that's Emily. And Aubrey Plaza is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really like her as an actress most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. But in this role, she really shines. Because as you were talking about Jennifer Lawrence, watch her eyes. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza is the same. And, mm-hmm. and the little twitch of her upper lip. And I don't even know if she's doing that intentionally. But she's truly feeling the, the frustration and the and the angst and the, and the desperation of her situation. And... Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I've seen this three times now and okay. can sit down and watch it again. Yep. Uh, it's 97 minutes and man does it move. I yep. mean, it's 
Uh, John Patton Ford is the guy's name who wrote and directed it. What no- else did he do? Nothing. I know. He did a one short film. I looked him up on IMDb. <clears throat> what a debut. Right? I can't wait to see what he does again. But there's no fat on this film at all. Uh, and this reminds me of the gangster films of the 30s. In that, you see a character who makes... Talk about a slippery slope. She makes one decision. Right. And she justifies one more. <laughs> and, well, okay, I guess I'll just, you know, you justify those things in your mind, and before you know it, oh, shit. Right. Oh, shit. Well, it's like a not okay. Danny, exactly. Danny has one lie to cover up another lie to cover up another lie, and before you know it, it's oh, shit. Yeah, and now, you know, the title tells you everything. Right. Emily, <laughs> you know, um, one of my favorite films of all time is I Am a Fugitive from a Chain Gang with Paul Muni in 1932. And the final scene of that film is so reminiscent of the final scene here. Oh, is it? It is. Okay. Once you are resigned to your fate and you know there's no way out. Embrace it. You might as well. Because what else can you do? Right. All those decisions have led you to this. There's no way out. Okay. Well, then this is my path. This is what I'm going to take. Absolutely love this film. And it pissed me off. That our organization did not recognize this. And my fear is is that other than the Independent Spirit Awards, where I anticipate this to be be. at the forefront, I don't think anyone's going to recognize this. And it's a shame because, like I say, it's number two on my list. I love this. Yeah. Wow. Very good. What was your number six? Number six. Ah, a movie that you changed my mind about. (gasps) You won't be alone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Make number six. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because we watched that via Sundance. Right. And, yeah, I was... Anti- they they promoted this as a, a elevated horror film. You know, uh, they promoted this as something along the lines of The Witch or Midsummer, And that was my expectation going in. And once you get into this, once you get past the first 20 minutes, it becomes obvious this is not what that's no. about. This is so much more than just a straight horror film. This is... This is this is an existential, you know, study. Oh, it sure of, is. of what it is to be a human being, right? Uh, and it at times is disturbingly violent, but at other times it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. It's poetic. It is. It's so good. Uh, it takes place in Macedonia, in like the 1600s. There's this witch who is lonely and wants a daughter, and uh, convinces this woman in another village that uh, to to bargain. Bargains with her to get her daughter. And the woman says, fine, 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 but you can't have her till she's 16. She puts this girl in hiding, but of course the witch finds her and at 16 takes the girl. It doesn't work out. She isn't the daughter that she's always dreamed to be. And the witch (laughs) cuts her off, but not before she gives this young lady the ability to take over the body of other people. Which is what this witch can do. Which is what the witch can do, too. It's messy. I mean, when we're taking over the... It's not just a spiritual thing. <laughs> no. it, it does involve, you know, entrails and gutting the Cleansing. person and, and, and actually taking over the body, which is rough. But once that happens, this girl, this consciousness, sees the world through the eyes of a variety of different people. Including One of animals. A, a dog. Yeah. Yeah, at one point she's a dog in the way she sees things. At one point she's this abused wife, played by Nomi Rapace. Yeah. Uh, another point, she's she's a man. Yeah. She's a man, so she experiences sex and other things through the eyes and consciousness of a man. But it's and, all this very innocent way yeah, of looking at completely. everything. She knows yeah. nothing. Yeah. Because she's been isolated the first 16 years of her life, she knows nothing of the world. 
and is discovering it through these various these various people. Uh, I thought it was just you know after after I figured out what it was, I went back and watched it again because you said it. Oh no, you missed the point of this. Yeah. And you were right. And I was <gasps> like, holy shit, this is something completely different. And it's, it's something that I haven't really you know all these movies that are on my list, I haven't been able to shake. Right. If I'm driving down the road sometime, you know, every once in a while my mind will turn and like, oh, yeah, I remember that was really, yeah. And this was definitely one of them. This this one really stuck with me. Uh, it came out as we were getting out of COVID, didn't get the play it deserved in right. any way, shape, right. or form. I'm hoping that this comes uh, becomes like a cult film. I think that it will. That people discover it. Cause I, I think it's so. Very, it's not what you think, and it's very much worth your time. You yeah. won't be alone. I, I would agree with you. Very interesting film in that it was, I think it was just not marketed right. How do you market it? I mean, they marketed it as a horror film, but, I mean, how would yeah, you I even, I mean, I wouldn't want the job of say, okay, it's your job to get pe- uh, butts and seats for this one. How do you even go about yeah, it? Yeah, I don't know. You know, so so they they're they're the, the 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 odds are stacked against them on that one. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. Good, 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 good. And I think we're gonna wrap right here, and we'll have to tune back in. Did you do your number six? I think so. What was my number six? I don't know. Number six is Emily the Criminal. Okay, yes, okay. Yes. So we have done ten through six. Mm-hmm. So tune back in. We're gonna regroup here. And listen for five through one. Yep. Because yes. I don't think we are duplicated in our five through ones. Nope, we're nope. not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. And I hope you check out all of these amazing films, even though Chuck and I have a very different list in some ways. Um, I think you're going to enjoy all of them because I don't disagree with anything that you've put on your list. Like, oh, God, you have that on your right, list, yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, and I think that's why it's good that we are together. We, we cast a wide net. Right. And I think that between us, we have a very eclectic taste. I think so, too. All right. Cheers.